You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Toxic Mold Podcast. This is episode 193. So we have a special guest today. Uh, you guys know who she is, so this is my wife, Cassandra Vaughn Worsley. Uh, we haven't had her in a while, and... Uh, I felt it would be kind of cool to do what we're going to do four episodes all all of February. Yes, we're going to do a February series. Yeah, because it's Valentine's month. That's right, the month of love. Yes, so you can be my guest. There so, so welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. It has been a while. What have you been up to? Lots of stuff. Too okay. much to even go into. Yeah, but we've got a really important topic to talk about. Okay. So today's uh, topic is, and I hear this quite often, this question, is it a conflict of interest to do testing and mitigation? And so I just wanted to kind of talk about the two different things that those jobs are. In some states, there's actually a, what they call them, but it's, I think it's like a mold assessor, but it's somebody, so you have the, the inspector and if the inspector deems that you have to have mitigation, then they bring in like an assessor or I don't even know what they call them. So like I said, I apologize for those of you that do that or know people that do that. But that person like writes the protocols on how the mitigation should be done, like a scope of work. Anyhow, back to that question of, you know, is it a conflict of interest? So what do you think? If you're if, if I'm the tester and then I'm going to be the mitigator, like what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think it goes contrary to what most people, when they buy things, really actually enjoy doing. I mean, you go to Home Depot and you're like, I can have Home Depot create my kitchen cabinets and they can install my kitchen cabinets for me. You're like, win-win. Exactly. Because it's a one-stop shop. 
And so between things like that and Amazon and just about everything else that most consumers like a one-stop shop for, uh, it's interesting that for most people, they would want the people who test the mold to also be the people who fix the mold because they're the people who tested it. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I think the big difference I would think that with with that comparison is is you know you can go to Lowe's or other hardware stores and and kind of get a price if that makes sense. It's it's easily probably googled or a phone call if that makes sense. Or even in a doctor though you might have right. A doctor so that's what I was going to bring a up. A doctor who finds out and gives you a diagnosis could also be the doctor who does the surgery, but you wouldn't necessarily say. Well, because you diagnosed me and you're going to charge me 25 grand for this surgery, which means you're going to benefit from the surgery, I need to use another surgeon. Right. And and so when people when people have that like I I understand both sides of it cuz it I always and you know this a lot of my comparisons are like the medical field. And I'm not comparing myself to a doctor, but that's what I always say. Like when you when you go to your orthopedic and you have a shoulder problem, He's the one that orders all the testing. He does all the testing. So do you not trust him to do the surgery if surgery is warranted? Exactly. You don't know the price either. Exactly. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a rabbit hole we won't and, go and, down. But and sometimes you won't know the price till after you have the that's surgery. That's the problem in the medical field. I mean, at least is is in the mold field we kind of can give you an idea. If lots of change orders usually happen, and so, but that's the question that comes up, and it's. For me, I look at it and I say, well, yeah, I can understand that if I'm the one going in and I, I to, to backtrack a little bit, I think a lot of it depends on the the mold inspector and what they're doing. Last month was right on awareness month. So we talked, you know, there was a, a I was going to say an article, but it was, it was a news clip about radon testing. And we were, remember we were talking about how I don't feel that it was appropriate for radon testing com well, let me reword that. For radon mitigation companies to test, pop one or two tests that are short-term tests and then do the mitigation. And I, my concern with that was is they tell you, which is true, so for all of our listeners, radon exposure is the second leading cause of lung cancer next to smoking. It's true that it causes cancer, but when you when you fear monger and just say to your clients, well, it's going to cause cancer and you don't know, and you know, we might as well just do mitigation. Well, then you come in and charge $3,000 or how much it costs for mitigation. You know, most people just go for it. And I know mold mitigation is a lot more expensive, but it's to me, it's the same concept. Like, well, you know, maybe there should there be a little bit, you know, a difference as far as a separate company does the testing versus a company that does the mitigation and it's easy for me to say because like most of our listeners if they've listened long enough know i do radon testing also but i don't do mitigation so it's easy for me to say you should have a separate company but my the point behind it was you come in and you tell people what's well, going to give you cancer when i ask you do you want to bid for mitigation and when do you want us to do it you're going to say as soon as we can wouldn't you yeah but I, but I think that here's the, here's the real question is, is the conflict of interest resolved by having one company do the mold test and one company do the mitigation, or is the conflict of interest resolved by getting a second mold testing from somebody, even if you've chosen the people you want to do the, the mitigation just to have gotten a second 
Testament. Opinion, yes. Yeah. And so that's like that's my solution to it. So when when we go in and we do the initial inspection and we do the testing, um, you know, our listeners know if we see mold, we won't even test. I don't. It's not the mold types present are irrelevant when it comes to mold mitigation steps we take. It's all the same, whether it's stachybotrys or just common molds. So if there's visible mold, we or I just say, hey, there's no reason to test for it. But then when we give the estimate, it, I'm very clear, and you know this, you know, in Wyoming, there's not a whole lot of us around that, for one, do mitigation and, you know, inspections and mitigation. And so, for me, and I tell every client this, it's, it's common for us to do the initial inspections, testing if warranted, and then give a bid for mitigation. But right in my... All my communications, whether it's in the email or in the estimate letter, I'm very clear that we did the initial inspection discovery process. You need to get a second opinion as far as what I'm saying needs to be done and what the price is. So that's that's my way around it because it's not, we can't expect our listeners to say, well, you can't use the guy that inspected it to do the mitigation. To me, that's not right. But in some states, you can't. It's kind of a weird... It's their state laws. And and it brings us back to what we were talking about earlier. So in, in New York and Florida, is it against the law for the orthopedic to do all the discovery? It's not. It's not. But here's where we go into a different tangent of the last few years, lots of people have, have decided to move from one state to a completely different state for whatever reasons they've chosen to do that. Well, one of... One of people's COVID. best we, we know practices <laughs> would be to make sure that you understand what the laws of your state, how they limit or how they expand your ability to use your own free will to make decisions about the health of your home. Right. So if you're moving from, let's say, Oklahoma, where you could use, I don't know that the, it's the case, but let's just say hypothetically in Oklahoma, you could have a mold company come in and do the testing and then do the mitigation and you really like this company. You feel that they've got great references. Can you do that in Oklahoma? Well, you'd have to check the state laws. Right. Could you do that in New York? Probably not. So there's a part of this that's an even bigger issue of do you understand what your state laws limit with your ability to decide what you do about the health of your home. Exactly. You know, and that's why, you know, when I do consultations, I'm very, I'm very careful, you know, and I, I do my research to see, you know, for my client, whatever state they're in, if they have to have that third person that comes in and writes the, the scope of work, which not to get off on that tangent, the, the concerns I have with that is mold's already expensive. So now you're forcing the consumer or the client, however you want to word it, you're forcing them to pay another person to give a scope of work. And does it make sense to me? Yes, it does. But on the other hand, is it warranted? But anyhow, like you said, it's you kind of have to know what the state laws are and regulations are. And for the most part, a lot of mold is not regulated, uh, but some states it is. And you know, another subject we're not going to get into is politics, but the people that usually are writing these these laws aren't really affected by how much it's going to cost them to have to get other people involved. And so it's, 
But it is. It goes back to the question. So is it a conflict of interest? Well, it really depends. I've, I've had clients that say, you know, we paid all this money in testing to this company. And I don't feel like they really told us much. So it is, you know, I understand the question, is it a conflict of interest? But... And I think it's a not a conflict of interest when you've done your homework. This exactly. Is, this is the importance and the power of clients who have worked with you and have done VPAs and have done, you know, the online consulting because you are a neutral party that has no vested interest in doing the mitigation. Exactly. The people who live in Georgia can't get you to come from Wyoming to Georgia. Well, they can. <laughs> okay. But, but typically, right. th there's no vested interest on, on your part for you to tell them right. what's really going on or give them a, a plan for moving forward in a way that's not going to cost them thousands and thousands of dollars for no good results. Like many of the clients you work with who've spent thousands on things that when you look at it, you go, well, I don't know about that. Like, let's develop a plan that's actually going to get resolution for you. Right. So that's where I think for people who are going, yeah, but I think I have this mold problem and I really need to get somebody in here. And if I really vet people, there's only four people in town and do I just choose whoever? Because this is where doing a VPA with you. This is where doing a consult with you while they're figuring out the state laws and the other things, they could actually be developing a plan that would help them better select whoever they choose. Exactly. So there would be less of a risk with that whole conflict of interest thing. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's like you said, it, it really, the, the conflict of interest, you know, it, if, 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 if our listeners do their due diligence, there isn't a conflict of interest. The same as what I say with, with, with CNC contractor services, you know, in, in Wyoming and Utah, we're not regulated at all. Uh, the, the closest they come to is right on mitigation, actually. And you know this, I, I recently reached out to the state of Utah to find out because I have two CRMs, which for our listeners, that's continuous radon monitor. It's a way we test for radon, which is a lot more accurate than a charcoal canister. But anyhow, they only, which is kind of odd, they only regulate the mitigators, not even the testers. And so... My whole point is, is there are states like Utah and Wyoming that we're not regulated at all. Is that a bad thing? It could be. But in my opinion, I don't feel that it's necessary to get the government involved for them to write laws and say, well, yeah, you have to do this, this, and this. Because in my opinion, the government doesn't know better than you. It's, it's your health. It's your home. You're the one that has to deal with it. So going back to my point is, is I don't believe it's conflict of interest. If our listeners do the right thing, and when I say right thing, they just do their due diligence and say, hey, you know, the same guy that inspected it that said we need mitigation is wanting to charge us $40,000 in mold mitigation. Is that high? Well, I would assume, that, I mean, to me, that seems fairly high. But what does that include? That could include um, putting everything back together, which some companies do. We don't do that. But they could go to another company like us and just get a bid. But you gotta, you've got to remember too, for for someone like us, let's just say somebody goes out and does, and they use my competitor that does the inspections and then wants to give the estimate. If you come to me and want a mold bid, we don't just go to your house and provide a bid. Yeah. Remember that we do. We charge a fee. Correct. 
which can always change, but it's $500, and it's not for us just to charge for a bid. I have to do a full inspection. And once again, the whole purpose behind all of that is when the company that gave you the bid for $40,000, how deep did they dive into what's causing it, what needs to be fixed, what rooms were affected? That's why, and so I want to just let our listeners know that for someone like me, I'm just not going to come out and give you a free bid. And it's not because it's not you know, I want to charge people, but it's a lot of time involved for me to do an inspection and then put a bid together. Well, and it goes back to the question that people have to ask themselves. What level of service do I deserve? I mean, I'll take this in a woo-woo direction, but energy doesn't lie. And everybody has a radar for when people are BSing them or when you get a vibe from somebody and you're like, I don't think they're that good or when you get a sense that, mm, I don't know if they're really going to take care of me well, don't ignore that. Yeah. If you get a vibe from a mold mitigation company and they're sitting here and they're like used car salesmen, they're like, well, you know, we're really booked up and we can't see you for this long and you better deal with it in the next 40. If, if anybody's rushing you to make a decision to pay them $40,000 for anything, right. a car, mold mitigation, probably not the person to go with. So listen to your intuition. Give... There's no decisions have to be made today on anything. Yeah. What's funny is uh, my book, Inside Toxic Mold, it's just got released. The Audible, I'm waiting for for their, whatever you want to call it, screening process. Um, but it's out in, in, in paperback. But I actually say, trust your gut or follow your intuition. Because you know, I mean, you should know if someone's trying to railroad you and charge you a bunch of money. But, you know, for our listeners, that's how we get out of the whole, is it a conflict of interest or is it not? And all you have to do is, is think for yourself and say, hey, you know, is it, is this guy trying to railroad me? Or is he being up front and saying, hey, here's what we're going to do and this is why and this is based on our inspection and what we're seeing. Because if you hired two people or two companies similar to us... You know, we're going to do that full inspection. And in our estimates, we are very clear what's going to be done and why we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, at the end of the day, there really isn't a conflict of interest with the way we do things. So, does that mean that there's never one? Of course not. Yeah. But to answer the question for our listeners, for the most part, there really isn't a conflict of interest. Correct. And when you've done your homework, when you've trusted your gut... And when you've done your due diligence, there typically isn't a conflict of interest. It's when the rushing process happens and you think you have to take the first thing that comes along and you don't do your homework and you feel like you're, you're backed in a corner and you're making decisions out of scarcity and fear, that typically the conflict of interest is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, going back to what you were saying, you know, we talked about radon and how people get fear mongered into hurrying and doing a radon mitigation system. It, to me, I, I view it the same way. Like nobody, nobody wants to sit and wait if it could be causing cancer. But on the other hand, like how long has this problem been going on? The radon didn't just enter your home yesterday. Whereas mold's a little more urgent, but for the most part, mold's similar in the fact that it probably has been going on for a while. And if you're being told we got to start it, well, you know, for even us, we can't just start it tomorrow or two days from now. We're usually several weeks out. And so I guess for our listeners, like 
as much as you want to be emotional about it because it's your body, it's your home, it's your children, your spouse, grandchildren, parents, whoever that lives in the home, rushing it's probably not the best thing. It's and it's no different than, um, you know, if you if you went and had some sort of medical testing and they said your gallbladder needed to be removed, do you just hurry and get it removed the next day? That's not really how that works. Correct. They usually do other tests to make sure. Exactly. So for our listeners, you know, I it's funny because the the way this went, you, you kind of took us down a a better path than I was going to take us down on is it a conflict of interest but we met up right where we were going to meet up with the whole just get a second opinion it's not you know it's not that big a deal it's not and I don't want our listeners to think they can take their time but it's not that big of a rush well and any expert who truly is an expert is not going to be offended by you getting a second opinion no if they know they know their stuff they're like do it I I want to know I want you to prove that I'm right like do it right Right, and, and that brings up something, um, like I, I said earlier to our listeners, we're very clear in our estimates of what we're going to do. Well, it, it kind of just reminded me of the, in the States where you have to have the mold assessor. I'm not, I don't, I know there's a, a different term they use, but what, you know, what if that mold assessor that comes in and writes the scope of work or the protocols, what if our listeners look at that and they're like, well, hold on here, like, I, I, I follow the Toxic Mold podcast and Steve's like, no, you have to have a containment. You have to have air scrubbers. But this person's not saying it. Just because this is a third party doesn't mean that they're right either. Correct. And so that second opinion can be at any point in the process. Absolutely. So, but great. That was awesome. Yeah. That was, uh, like I said, you kind of took us down a different path, but we met up where we were going to meet up. So, um our call to action is, is just make sure whatever professional, I don't care if it's medical, mold, whatever, make sure that you do your research on that person. Like, it's not that hard, you know? If you go to a mold person and, and you feel like that they're not up to snuff, what's the first thing you would do? Probably Google them, research them, see what kind of presence they have, or no? I, I would do all of that, but I... I go into those situations, and I said this in a group coaching call not too long ago with my clients, remember that you're the prize. Yeah. In any interaction where you are paying money, they are not the prize because you get to hire them. Exactly. You are the prize because you are paying them money, which means it's their revenue. So when you look at a situation like that, not only do you Google them, not only do you look up their stuff, but you at the end of the day, they want my business. Right. So so I need to feel like the prize from their perspective. If I don't feel like the prize, if I feel like the way they're treating me is, well, you have to and you must and you, they're not the one. Yeah, yeah. And they're it, the prize. And it's funny because in the book, I, 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 I uh, towards the end, I said that not, and I learned this from you, not every client's for me and that's okay. I dealt with something just a few months ago on a rural property in Wyoming. And I literally said, sorry, you're just not a good fit for me, right. period. And it was, you know, just personalities, I think more than anything, but like, that's a good way of looking at it. Like you're the prize. Correct. But, but even in that situation, when you told that potential client, they weren't for you throughout the whole process, you still treated them like the prize. Right. You still did your due diligence. You still went the extra mile. You still looked at all yes. the stuff. You still you still went on phone calls with them. So that's my point. A good 
contractor, a good expert, even if they're going to tell you at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to work well together. Leading all the way up to the ending of that relationship, they're still going to treat you, the customer, like you're the prize because you are. Right. Yep. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with not, you know, same way with doctors. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we're just not a good fit, so we can move on. We have something that you, uh, you've been pushing me to do for quite a while, digital products. Can you explain to, uh, to our listeners what, what, what we're working on? We have one that's up in live right now. It's Mold 101 is the digital products. But just kind of explain to our listeners what it is. And, you're, what, and once again, thanks for coming back for, for a month of these podcasts. Because I'm sure our listeners are like, oh, good, she's back. Uh, I, I kind of get on my own little road when I do my podcast because I don't think of the questions you think about but anyhow in your terms explain what we're doing with digital products absolutely well we're in the process of creating a number of digital products that are going to give at the click of a mouse the level of education tools and techniques that those of you who are listening are going to need in terms of mold prevention knowing what to do about mold educating yourself about mold indoor air quality because Steve can't be everywhere at once he can't be on the phone call with every single person who's listening. And the podcast is great, but sometimes what you're looking for is very specific to, let's say, mold sickness or um, mold prevention or flooding of a basement or something that's a little more specific. It might be my, my kids are going away to college and they get sick. So we're creating different digital products that are geared to very specific mold issues so that for your particular issue, you can see all the digital products we have and you go, oh, I need that one or I need that one. And for a very good price, you get all the mold education, you get Steve right, you can replay him every single minute you want to, you get the <laughs> worksheets, you get the toolkits, you get all the stuff that you need, not just to figure out how to handle this issue, but how to move proactively forward to make sure that you catch mold issues early, you prevent them if you can. But again, it's like, a mold class on your laptop and right. you have lifetime access to it. You buy it once, lifetime access. Yeah, and they're they're much cheaper than an actual consultation Correct. where you get me on the phone. And so it's a good thing I have you here. Uh, the the link is well, how do you word it? It's a hidden link. It's just not public. It is a hidden link. So if they get inside Toxic Mold, the new book, they'll have access to it right there. Perfect. Best yep. way to do it, read the book. Yep. Yeah, and, and for our listeners, we're, 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 we're just starting this. Uh, Cassandra's been doing her business coaching stuff for years and, and really knows how to do these. So what we're doing right now is we're, we're putting these digital products, which right now we only have one. We're putting, we're putting the, the link in the book so that in the book is how much is the book seven bucks or something it's only five ninety nine seven dollars for the for the ebook but listen even if you are like well i don't read books or i don't really want to buy the book i just want the digital product send steve an email yeah yeah you can it's not a secret yeah just, you send and we'll send you a link yep and we, we we keep it a hidden link so that we can kind of track where our business is coming from Correct. which is what you taught me so, so if you're interested in the digital product but you don't want to necessarily read a book just yet just shoot an email what is it info at Info at cnccontractorservices.com. So I, uh, just for our listeners, I say this quite often. Sometimes, and and even my personal business, I shouldn't say personal, but from my um, CNC email, a lot of times it ends up in your junk folder for some reason. I don't know why. It's kind of an odd thing. So if you do reach out, I guess all I'm saying is make sure 
uh, you monitor your junk folder. So uh, Valentine's is going to be, it's next week. So you have just over a week. So make sure for all you men out there, you make sure you got something ordered for your wife, which reminds me, I should probably do that too. But uh, once again, thanks for listening. Today was episode 193. And the question was, is it a conflict of interest to do mold testing and mold mitigation? You have anything else you want to say? Answer is yes and no. Listen to your gut. Okay. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.